0: Hi and welcome to Track Changes, the podcast of PostLight, a digital product studio at 101 Fifth Avenue in New York City. We build your apps, we build your websites, we build your web apps and the platforms that make them all go. My name is Paul Ford, and I'm the co founder of PostLite, and I am joined by Rich Ziotti. The other co founder and my co host here on Track Changes. Rich, do you uh do you use an ad blocker? <sighs> I do. Okay. I don't. So we're balanced. Everyone can calm down. You got one founder okay. with an ad blocker, one founder with no ad blocker.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I turned it off recently for a moment, but I turned it back on.
0: See, I need to see. I like to know.
1: I need to see too, but I, I, we'll get to this. This okay. is a, This is a very contentious-
0: Which ad blocker do you use? I use UBlock. Okay. I was a privacy badger guy for a little while, but mm. honestly, I just, I want to know what they're trying to do. I want to see the ads. Yeah, I think you can do that.
1: And then you go back to living life in a peaceful manner.
0: No, 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 no. Ads are part of the website. That's what I believe. Well, look, honestly, this isn't about you and me. No, it's not. This is about our guest in the studio, whose name is John Shankman. John, hi, welcome. Thank welcome. you.
2: Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: John, you're the CEO of Hashtag Labs. That is correct. That is a trendy name for 2011. What does Hashtag Labs do?
2: HTL for short, I would like to add. Um, I would say in its most jargony form, it's the service layer for ad operations for independent publishers. So we help independent publishers with their digital advertising technology. We make it easier for them, we service it for them, and we help them understand it.
0: All right. So wait, let, let's stop for a sec. let Let's take a break. What is an ad? Because it's hashtag labs, yep. but I didn't hear any hashtags. Hashtag
1: labs sounds like we bring people together. We
2: do bring people together. Absolutely.
1: Okay. <laughs> so uh, I think, I think we, we took a leap here in that the assumption, I mean, I think for many people, they say, well, why do I need help putting an ad on my little independent site? So I think starting there, I think would be really helpful.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, the glib answer is, well, why don't you give it a shot and see how it goes. Um. What goes wrong <laughs> when
0: I when I go when I start my you know sneakerwatch dot com? Okay, yeah. Because I'm really into sneakers, and I'm getting good traffic, and I'm like, you know, I should put some ads on here, make a little money. Yeah. yeah. And I go, what what happens to me? Well. Unfortunately,
2: with this stuff, it's a really um, tightly packed box. That when you start digging into it, there's a, the answer is always it depends. And so, you know, if you're a small person who's starting out for the first time, you would probably sign up for Google AdSense and you would put that into your CMS template and you would have AdSense on your web page.
0: Oh, so those little like like text ads and sort of the regular, or does that AdSense now includes everything, right?
2: AdSense, there's that Google has two advertising demand side products. One is AdSense, and now that's sort of all being combined into Ad Exchange, which was you know basically created by their acquisition of AdMeld.
0: Okay, so if I'm a small time content producer slash editorial product creator, I already have to figure that out.
2: Yes. You have to figure out how to put that ad code on your webpage. AdSense you can put directly on the page. Now where I was saying it sort of gets complicated is if you want to work with advertisers directly, it's probably a good idea to have an ad server.
0: Good idea to have an ad server.
2: Yes. Well, it depends what you're trying to do. Again, sometimes just AdSense on the page itself works well. If you want to get more advanced and you want to do things like header bidding and you want to service advertisers directly, having an ad server is a good idea.
0: Now You say header bidding like I would know what that is. What's header bidding?
2: Header bidding is a hacky innovation in the programmatic ad space.
0: Okay, what's programmatic ad space? <laughs> no, they're <laughs> peeling the onion here. Yeah, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna peel this onion because this is a very jargon-driven industry. We're gonna go far. Let down me the let me hole. pause for one sec. Here's what I know about advertising. If I'm a listener of Track Changes, and also probably me too personally, I go to a website and it gives me some stuff, but then. Something on the website makes it start reaching out all these weird tentacles to other places. And those places have ads. And the ads are pictures or f- used to be flash video or little HTML interactive thingamajigs. And those start flying across and jamming themselves into places on my page.
1: Yeah, I mean, if going back to uBlock for a second, it shows a little number when you visit a site. And it's essentially that number, it's a tally of all the other Sites effectively, all the other servers it's hitting that it blocked. And sometimes I've seen 20, 30, 50 different services that are getting tapped right? So my attention, to draw the page.
0: My attention as a web user, like I'm there to read the article, but it's like I'm a milkshake with 50 straws coming out of me. And all the different ad, all the different ad networks are trying to take a little sip of my milkshake, right? Which is fine. Like that's the deal of the web. And if I really wanted to opt out, I could be like rich yeah. and take everyone's revenue away I, and install a privacy guard. But
1: exactly. I mean, it's worth highlighting that what you don't see at the bottom of a popular site or blog is want to advertise here? Email Joe at funcamera.site.com mm-hmm. or whatever. You just that link, right, to advertisers has been uh, appropriated, and a highly efficient system and network has taken hold. Well, I'm gonna put I, yeah, I highly efficient.
0: <laughs>
2: okay all right, Take out the highly as, as an man, I would disagree with that as well all right let's okay. let's
0: keep healing the onion right let's so, yeah program so first of all I'm assuming if I have if I'm Johnson & Johnson and I have a mm-hmm. million dollars and I want you to know about talcum powder yeah I can go to websites and I can say hey let me give you a hundred thousand dollars and you put an ad for talcum powder on that site correct okay so that what's that called
2: That would be a direct sale.
0: That's a direct sale. That's like my brand, and I'm telling you about it. We love that. Okay, I love it. Here's some money. Can you do this? How many many hits are you going to get me? Impressions. (laughs) Babycenter.
1: Babycenter.com might get an email or a call from Johnson and Johnson.
0: So if I'm a publisher, I love that, right? Cause that's all I got. I actually think
2: Johnson, Johnson owns baby center, believe it or not. Holy hell. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that's not cool. We can only go God, There's only so many onions. Just we blew can blew my mind. Yeah. We're, <laughs> we're peeling too many onions. Content okay. marketing.
0: So like I, but that, if I'm a publisher, that's dreamy, right? Cause you just came and gave me that hundred thousand dollars and all I have to do is put your sticker on my, on my uh, website sure. and I just got some money. So yeah. that's, that's direct, that's good, that's great. We love that. But let's say my sales team, let's say I, I get a million people to come look at my website every month mm-hmm. and my sales team can can like go out and I have enough, like like a half a million of them, I'm able to kind of be like, hey, I got these half a million people. But now I have all this other traffic yeah. that I don't really have ads for. So I could probably be making money on it, but I can't go. The, I'm, I'm out of Johnson & Johnson's and Nike's and Baby Centers. No, I don't have a sales team. So now yeah. I go to the robots. Correct. Okay. that's Is that problematic? The, platforms, the, the platforms, platforms. Yeah. Now,
2: are you, what What do you do? We do both. I mean, you know, so let's look at it from a, the perspective of a publisher for a minute. And we can talk about three different types of advertising that you can get as a publisher. You know what we were just—we'll t- do it in reverse order. I normally start at the bottom of the pyramid and move up, but we'll start at the top of the pyramid and go down. So you know, the highest end sale that you can do is a direct sale. That's when the publisher has a direct relationship with the advertiser, and the transactional details—how many impressions are being sold, what are the key performance indicators, and the price—really, the CPM is all done directly.
0: CPM is the cost
2: per one thousand impressions. Okay. Um, And And that's just negotiated in that setting.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So so I come in, I say,
2: I want. It's an agreed upon rate.
0: So I say, I want you to put my sticker on your trapper keeper, and you go. That'll be a dollar. Correct.
2: Great. Yeah, we love those. Those deals are the highest margin deals too. Okay. The next tier that we have, which you know, and hashtag Lab Services is all three tiers of this. We sort of are, you know, we understand the ecosystem holistically. Sure. And so, you know, one of our core values is flexibility, where it's like, you know, depending on where the publisher is in their life cycle, we'll help them out with either of these. So any of these. So one is direct sales. Two is sort of the premium network space. So we saw like, if you think about like 10 years ago, and you think about your federated medias, your same medias, your large tails, there was this whole sort of layer of premium ad network that emerged to sort of say, we're going to outsource the direct sales to these types of companies. Right,
0: let me give this back to you. So like John Battelle was on our podcast. He was the founder of Federated Media. My
2: I'm an alumni of Federated Media. Okay, Love so, it. Shouts to Federated. OK, so,
0: so Federated <laughs> Media was like, oh, my God. There, first of all, Federated Media, John's like, well, people are putting ads on websites, so that's interesting. Yeah. Second of all, there's all these blogs coming up and nobody's paying attention to them and none of those people can make any money. Right. So I'm going to make an ad network and I'm going to give them a tag or a little bit of code and they can run it. And then I'm going to go out and I'm going I'm to say to the various, the various advertisers or the agencies or whoever it is who's in the business of buying people's attention to promote brands. Yep. I'm going to say to them, "I got a really interesting audience for you. Yep. Give me your rectangles. I'm going to put your rectangles on all of their websites. Absolutely. And you're going to give me some money. I'll take a cut, and then I'll give them the rest. Yep. Okay. So that was like that was the model. It's that a middleman.
2: Yeah, yeah. It was, I an, mean, agent. The it was an agent. Middleman who's bringing value, of course. To it. It's very hard to work with advertisers. But yeah.
0: notice we just went from zero middlemen to one middleman. Yeah. Okay. So there's one middleman, and then then what's happening?
2: So, yeah. So we have that sort of like premium network space. Honestly, I would say most of that's gone today. You know, you'll have your larger publishers like a Vice or, or a Finery29 who will build out and sort of have replaced that premium network layer if you're an independent publisher. And right, but then, it's
0: worth going to Vice because they're really big. And they, we should mention they're one of our clients. But they're yeah. really big. and you, We love Vice. But, and, and you can get like a whole big audience from them.
2: Well, you can get great advertiser relationships from them if, from the perspective of a publisher. So if you're a publisher ABC and you have a rock and roll audience that reads Vice, Vice will say to their advertisers, Mr., you know, I won't use a specific advertiser, but, you know, advertiser A, like, hey, if you love Vice's audience, you might also love these audiences. And then Vice will keep a cut the way Federated used to and, and ah. put it on their network. That's Oh, cool. interesting. So, so, like,
0: so let's say the advertiser is Jimmy's Pickles. Yep. Vice goes to Jimmy's Pickles and what do they say?
2: They say, hey, Jimmy's Pickles, like you love Vice's audience. Th- this partner on rock and roll site A has a similar audience. Would you also like to put your Jimmy Pickles ads there? Oh, so I'm Vice.
0: I'm, Vice has gone ahead and made themselves the middleman and built a relationship with the, yeah. other, the other publisher. They're Correct.
1: drafting behind Vice's brand equity. Correct.
2: Effectively. Okay. It's called Advice. So they have it on their website and everything. Sure,
0: sure. Way. Okay. So this yeah. is a. Do a lot of
2: publishers do that? If you're lucky enough to get in, I mean, you know, Vice can really drive. Really great revenue for you. Um, you know, I'm not sure how large their network now is, but they're fairly selective. But if you can get in, yeah, it's, it's huh. great.
0: Interesting. So they are able, they're at a scale where they're able to go, we really can see the world. And We've we're got, cool.
1: We're cool. The association, right? We have
0: a lot of traffic and we can build these relationships and the people who want to talk to millennials, who want to talk to our audience, like everyone's going to show up. They're going right. to, they, they know they can get people on both sides of the table. Yep. That's, okay, that's fascinating. Okay, so that's kind of level two. Yep, a couple people are in the room, but we're still only a couple people in terms of publishers. In terms of just making the deal, right? Like, Got there's it. not five million different middlemen.
2: Yeah, at this point, you need an ad server. Like, you still need like the ad server is sort of the system of record, if you will, for digital advertising. And is
0: that Google? Is that DoubleClick? Or what is that?
2: Yeah, I mean, there's multiple ad servers out there. By far, the industry leader is going to be DoubleClick's DFP.
0: Um, Which is owned by Google.
2: Yeah, it was purchased okay. by Google in 2007, I think. It was yeah. the largest acquisition after YouTube for $3.1 billion, I Yeah, believe. that's
0: right. It was a huge deal. And, yeah. and it was when Google was like, okay, we're an advertising company. It was when they figured out what they were.
2: Yeah. And, you know, DoubleClick, uh, you know, it's funny. As a software shop, you guys can talk about it. Like, the ad server you know, is so important, but, you know, it's a glorified calendaring system to, sure. to a certain degree. It's it's really funny. I mean, I love it. I work in it every day. We know it extraordinarily well, but
0: um, it's also a beast. Like people who don't use those things don't realize they are big and complicated and full of edge cases and shenanigans.
2: Yeah, exactly. And that's sort of why I don't think you've ever seen um, Google displaced. And, you know, it's again, why hashtag labs is in business is because, It's funny because it's like it's supposed to be easy to use. But if you're a CEO who's making a publishing organization and you're busy all day and you're worrying about the content, the last thing you have time to do is shift gears into like wonky ad tech land and figure out like, all right, if I need this to serve on this page specifically, how do I pull the key value? Like, you know, there's just a whole sort of expertise that goes around it.
0: So at this point, there aren't that many robots in charge, but it sounds like level three. Is when the robots show up
2: yeah I you know I wouldn't even say it's where the robots show up I would say it's sort of where the middlemen can do their thing
0: I'll tell you what I'm thinking about there's a company called um, luma partners and they of put course. out this picture it's yeah. just a it's a chart of all the different middlemen yeah they're it's actually, legendary they're actually downstairs in our building but you um, and, and it's sort of on one side is audience and the other side are publishers yeah. and there are like 500 companies yeah. in between and along the way, it's, it's almost like a board game. Like you can see how ads have to go. Uh, sorry, sorry. on one side it's like it's advertisers and the other side it's publishers. Yeah. And audience. And it's like they have to go through. It's like playing Monopoly. Like they have to go through all <laughs> these different things. And along the way, I'm assuming that these companies are all – nobody gets in the ad game for philanthropic purposes. I don't think so. No. And so <laughs> everybody's getting – so we're talking about things that cost a penny or a quarter or a tenth of a tenth of a penny. Right. And everybody's getting their tenth of a tenth of a tenth of a tenth of a a penny along the way. Yeah. And then there's less for the publisher when it gets there. Definitely, definitely. So this is programmatic.
2: Yes, yes. So we have direct sales. We have premium networks, for lack of a better phrase. And now we get to, you know, how do you monetize unsold inventory? And the phrase that's been popularized over the past, you know, three to four years for that is called programmatic. Previously, it may have been called something like remnant. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: so what is programmatic? So but wait, the remnant is actually very telling, right? It mm-hmm. was the kind of the space you had left over after you sold all your big deal. Yeah, campaigns. it's sitting around. Yeah. You're so going to get
2: zero dollars. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So
0: it's like real estate. Like You're like, I could build a little something over there. You know, yeah. I could put up a little shack and yeah. maybe I could have a hot dog stand.
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I think it's worthwhile talking about like what is programmatic and why does it have a bad reputation today? And and before we even get there, like, you know, we're sort of already assuming it's bad. I think, you know, especially from the perspective of the publisher. And so I I think it's worthwhile to just like look at publisher services as a whole mm-hmm. before we dive into programmatic. Like, I think publisher services as a whole has sort of always over-promised to the publisher. They've always said, like, if you come with us, you're going to make so much money. And then, you know, it was always on this sort of, like, pumped up.
0: Who is saying, what kind of company is saying this?
2: Like, if you own a, webs- a content website
0: right now. NikeSneakerWatch.com.
2: Yeah, so, you know, athleticsrule.com, let's say that one. Like, you know, and you're running a sports website. You are going to have this layer of actor in the ecosystem emailing you constantly, always being like, hey, if you put...
1: I I can describe one. It's basement.org. I've owned it for years. I haven't updated it in over five years, six years. But it has a few articles in there that get hits all the time. So I get this email saying, hey, would you like to we have some real opportunity ahead for you it's very cryptic yeah it's kind of hard to read and it's and it's like you know join and we're gonna we're gonna make you money yeah effectively
0: sure. so people that's true people i get you, it
1: probably three four a week
0: yeah i get those too for f train yeah you just people are always trying if they sense there's th- any traffic there at all they or automated versions of themselves are always offering you some mysterious yeah. revenue yeah yeah payday lending ads, things like that. There's a really creepy bottom feeder ecosystem that's been there for a decade plus. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And honestly, I actually think that's getting better. Like, Mm -hmm. I think, you know, I'm not, you know, like the evolution of technology. Like, I'm not that smart or well-informed to sort of talk about that. But I think what happened was you sort of had a new technology at hand, and the people who knew how to play the system and play the game exploited it. Sure. And that sort of led to this bottom layer of you know being like hey put your our tag on your website and you know it, maybe it'll work and from there you know publisher services just generally was like was optimistic in what we're going to be able to do with online advertising and i think it overpromised to the publisher and i think programmatic tends to do that now and so when i look at like the space and i'm like Oh, what's the biggest issue with advertising from the perspective of independent publishers and really from advertisers? I think, you know, we need better quality ads and we need better quality ad space. And I think, you know, the platforms, your Google, your AppNexus, these really big players are really interested in cleaning up the ecosystem so that it's more similar when you buy an ad online programmatically, it's more similar to like doing an ad an American Express ad in the middle of 30 Rock on television. I think you know, where programmatic is at now has a long way to go to get to driving premium transactions, but we'll get there. When you say better, mm-hmm. right, there's, sure.
1: there's better in terms of the end user experience. Yes, yes of course. And then there's better because, I, you know, we joke about it, but there's obviously this sort of negative impression of how gross and messy
2: a web page can feel. Impression. Right? Of course. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you have mobile, reader. you have mobile redirects hijacking your reading experience on the New York Times. Like, What's that, that called? That's, that it's a, a mobile name? redirect. Oh. And <laughs> that game, like that game is, yeah, is, uh, sorry to cut you off.
1: No, 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 it's fine. I, I guess the question I have is, is there a sense in this industry that, okay, this is a slippery slope. Like we can only ride this so far because it's getting to a point where it's, you know, the net, Perception out there is 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 really not good, and in fact the effectiveness I'm guessing they only think about effectiveness like nobody's doing anything with these Who, ads. Are the
2: advertisers yeah yeah I mean I don't think you know I think we need to really separate premium advertisers from sort of the programmatic middlemen and gamers who are yeah. doing these things. Yeah. And, and sort of that's what I mean by better advertising from the perspective of the publisher. No publisher likes mobile redirects. That's one of the hardest things of our in our jobs, right? Like we enable programmatic for our publishers that drive significant revenue because we enable it. When, when all, you say we,
1: do you mean hashtag, hashtag labs? labs? OK, yeah, yeah. so you've got a particular
2: mission here. Your mission is not purely like how do I squeeze out every no, last dollar. No, we right? do not like we're we're unique in that. We don't even keep a cut of any of the programmatic revenue that we drive for our publishers. We work on a on a service fee. So, I see. we're very much not um yeah, we're just not
1: With an eye towards like how do we bring this industry up a level here so that it's not viewed as ineffective and ugly
2: and of like course. it's the running joke right yeah I mean, yeah I mean we want to make better advertising I mean, for our publishers there's a real mitigation between right. you know how do we enable programmatic and run it because independent publishing is hard and you need as much revenue as possible right without ruining the reading experience right, right. you can whack you know yeah. 85 ads on the page and get the RPM yeah. up to 20 which RPM is revenue per thousand page views up to $25 but no one's going to be able to read your website and so our job is really to be the guiding hand and saying like, Hey, you know, 30 K a month is worth it for a couple mob- mobile redirects once yeah. in a while. But then that's the hard part of our job. When a site owner who loves their website gets a mobile redirect on their own site, they're like, why am I getting this? And, right. You know, and it's like, sure. this is r- a really systemic issue mm-hmm. that needs to be cleaned up at the level of the ad exchange. Yeah. Do you, And you see, you see that changing? I do. I honestly, you know, where you were saying, like, as an industry, do we see the industry getting better? I think, you know, they've realized that this is really bad. And, you know, some of the largest offenders, because when you think about it, the platforms were driven to get money they, they're paid on a transactional basis so the more transactions they do the more money right. they make and yeah. so you know if you have some sort of gray hat player driving billions of transactions a month it's going to be hard to clean them up but now enough people are onto the game where it's like procter and gamble is not going to advertise in a place where you know you have this black hat person in who knows where in some basement you know sort of using the obscure rules of javascript to rewrite urls and have you know a fake facebook page pop up like that's going to like i'm confident. They're moving away from that. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, I think they be- first of all they became aware of it, right? Like that that all starts to emerge as a way to make a little extra money by making people pay attention when they don't want to. Yeah. And at a certain point, that starts to negatively affect your brand, and finally that filters back to you, and you're like, "Whoa, no, no, wait a minute, wait a minute, right. who the hell?" And then you don't even know who to call. Yeah, right. right? There's been this um, thing called Sleeping Giants, which is a uh, it's a protest movement against Breitbart, and they started to reach out over Twitter to all the brands that were advertising on the Breitbart right. News Network, yeah. and like, and brands immediately because brands don't want to be called out on Twitter. Like that is like, sure. <laughs> And so I've been watching the Twitter account and yeah. it starts as like, hey, Toyota, do you know you're on this hate site? Yeah. And then Toyota kind of drops out. And if you go to Breitbart, there's all oh, these they did em- enormous damage. Oh, there's all these empty s- slots where the yeah. ads are. And they still I still follow the Twitter account. And now it's just like, hey, Appalachian um, jerky treats. Left. <laughs> like
1: they really. Uh, Bill O'Reilly. I mean, yeah, this is a, a, a different case, obviously, because it's not online, but. The scandal's been around for a while, but really when the advertisers started to drop out, it's like, okay. Well, social media yeah.
0: pressure too. Like every, the social media like awareness of your brand has started to be, I think it's become a pretty critical indicator in your overall marketing health. Yeah. So I think that, you know, they Toyota doesn't want people yeah. saying, "Why do you support hate?" Yeah. on Twitter more than, you know, one or two like wacky people fine, yeah. but 10,000 or a celebrity retweeting and suddenly you're in Kind of a, just a, an enormous tornado of but, garbage that people enjoy. Like yeah, but be- this is a little different. Like that's, that's
1: protesting a point of view or a perspective. All I'm
0: saying kind. is that what it did was it went and got – it made. It laid bare the architecture of all these platforms. And it was like Toyota didn't know they were on Part. They didn't know, right? Yeah. The ads were floating out through the system. Yes. They had no clue. True. And then people were like, hey, you got to get off. Yeah. And they were like, oh, how do we do that? And then this this protest org was actually there with like a, a yeah. handout. Like, yeah. here's how you get off. Here's what you got to do in your in your Google double-click yeah. control panel. And suddenly everyone was like, oh, I'll do that. I don't so maybe well, that's
1: how it gets better. There's just advertiser sensitivity to Yeah, there's a lot of stories right now. Yeah. out about Stories that. and also just the association of like that, what you just described, that kind of gross, weird, fake Facebook thing.
2: Like, do you really want your brand associated with that, right? Totally, totally. I mean, you know, as a publisher, I don't think really any publisher would, would say they want that. I think, you know, and that's the advertiser is actually never really affected by that. It's, it's more the publisher, but the systems just need to be cleaned up. They've been exploited for too long and it's like there's no reason digital advertising can't be like television advertising. Yep, sure. And the systems, I think, in place to achieve that that technologically speaking have been achieved. And now we just need to clean up the actors on them.
0: Can you do me a favor? Can you walk, I want to go, I, I brought up that crazy Luma partners yeah. chart. And what I want to do, so on the left and in the green, it has the word marketer. And then yeah. there's like all these boxes. I just want to be an ad for a minute. I'm an ad, sure, sure. okay. So first of all, it's got a list. Wait, wait,
1: I want to know what kind of – what is the ad? Mm. That's a really
2: great question. Let's
0: say I'm a pretty uh, – it's not belly – Conditioner? yeah, yeah something. Nice. Well, what
2: are you made in? Like, are you made in uh, a static graphic file? Or are you f- fancy HTML five? I'm video? a fancy
0: HTML five ad for an online for a uh, a mobile game like Clash of Clans. Oh, okay, okay. okay so they like, spend good
2: money. They spend real money. Exactly, yeah.
0: exactly. Right. So I got Leah Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'm going to pay for him to like be in my TV. I was going to.
1: I was going to suggest online university, like Ford University. Mm. Okay, fine.
0: Well, that, okay, let's do that because that's a little bit more edgy and like a well, little more. It, cool.
2: And just so you guys know, again, the, the rabbit hole deep but you know here we can talk about do you want to be a brand advertiser or do you want to be a direct
0: response advertiser? i want to be a direct response i think okay. brand we've kind of like started to figure out but okay. i but i'm direct response now first of all did i i, I hired someone to make an ad for me right? correct, correct okay so that's an agency maybe or like who made my ad i mean just, anybody
2: well a designer specifically okay. yeah. and then you know depending on you know, if, again, if it's a static graphics file, then you can have a designer who can work in your standard Photoshop, kick out a uh, ad that's you know standard size, which is like three hundred by two fifty.
0: Okay, so I need somebody made me an ad, and now I'm watching this thing go from left to well, right.
2: And just just to talk about the ecosystem, I do want to point out, like, so again, a designer can make a static graphics file, or you can work with the rich media platform, something like Clipcentric, which you can hire, and they'll design a fancy HTML five rich media ad. So they'll that's do host, it for you. They will design it and then they will host it so like you know hosting video that you send out to two million impressions obviously has a cost they'll take care of that for you
0: okay and then so here i'm watching the arrows it goes to something called an agency trading desk now let me tell you yes. some of the agency trading desk names yeah oh, no. acuin Zaxxis, vivaki run adnatic <laughs> and accordant media you know what the hell what what is it what is it john so no um, because seriously I'm like working on the internet one day and then I'm starting to, this stuff starts to come into my world and they're like hey Paul what do you think about Vivaki and I'm yeah. like Vivaki Vivaki okay fine <laughs> <laughs> case in point right and I'm supposed to be Mr Internet and oh. I have no clue yeah. what the hell is that? Okay so oh, what are these Oh the conferences John goes to <laughs> <laughs> John's been into some wild places What yeah. is an agency trading desk
2: Sure yeah so it's a trading desk I think the easiest way to describe it would be someone who specializes in buying display media
0: Is it like uh, like uh, people with terminals in front of them, like buying stuff? Like, yeah, what? it's
2: a user interface, okay. um, you know, basically. So Richard said something earlier about like how advertisers use DoubleClick, which is is interesting. Um, they definitely do use DoubleClick, but they don't use DoubleClick for publishers. So okay. DoubleClick has a product called DFP, which is DoubleClick for publishers. That's the ad server that we talked about earlier. Okay. On the other side of that, they have something called DoubleClick Bid Manager, which okay. is a DSP a DSP stands for demand side platform. And so really I again, you know, as software guys, these are just fancy terms for software interfaces really, for interfa- user interfaces rather.
0: Are these kind of like APIs though or inter- like a my- No,
2: they're legit interfaces like okay. where you come in and you're like it's for humans. It's yeah. rectangles.
0: So <laughs> well,
2: it, well, no, it's like I like this is the line item like I'm going to call this Um, What was the name of your company again? Ford University. Ford University. Okay, so Ford University, 300 by 250, targeted to people who have gone to education.com before. Okay. And so you set up that line item and that targeting in the DSP interface.
0: Okay, so if I'm a trading desk, what I'm doing is I'm using the DSP interface. Correct. And someone's came to me and said, like, hey, I got to get Ford University out to 200 million people. Correct. And I go, no problem. Let me get on the DSP and I'll find you the cheapest possible best people for that. <laughs> Correct. Okay, I so like
2: that terminology. Let me get on the DSP. <laughs> Let me get on the DSP.
0: Okay. So what do they actually say, do you think?
2: Uh, they would probably try and mask it, honestly. Be like, we have our own proprietary DSP that does this and that. <laughs> oh, and then, you know, it's just like some oh, service layer the built on top of The advertising doesn't DBM. stop.
0: Yeah. All right. So we're, we're heading – we're going right and I'm leaving a lot out. But now we're in the world of DSPs, okay? So a DSP, yep. DSPs are like MediaMath, which I know is an enormous company. Yep. Uh, I've met people who work there. Invite Media, Turn, DataZoo, Trigget. Yep. Again, what the hell is happening?
2: Okay, I would just call
0: those people buying
2: specialists. okay. Like that, like they know how to buy display media. Like if you're like, hey, I want to get my message out to X amount of people with these interests. You, as a VP of marketing, can go to them and say, that's what I want to do, and they know how to do it. And they, you, you know, you're working with a reputable firm who know who supposedly is not going to rip you off.
0: How does inventory from the publisher side? Meaning, I, I know that 100 million people are going to come look at my news articles on, you know. Buzz AOL or Huffington Feed, Mm -hmm. how does that inventory get back into the DSP? Well, so it doesn't
2: actually ever go into the DSP. Like, uh, you know, technically speaking, the DSP is more of a targeting interface. And then what the DSP has a relationship with via an API is the ad exchanges. Okay. So then I'm I'm actually, that's the next thing over. It's just an interface
1: to the different ad exchanges. So this is like
0: the stock exchange, except it's atomized into a whole lot of companies that make no sense. Well, I mean, they make sense. <laughs> i mean, uh, or, yeah. sorry. Their names are terrible is what I meant. Yes, whole yes, lo- yes. I would
2: say a whole lot of companies trying to extract value from a evolving
0: system. Hashtag Labs is a good name in that it doesn't make me want to strangle everyone who's involved with the company, whereas many Thank of you. these, like, <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, tough. they're yeah, tough. I appreciate can, that. No, because if you meet someone at a party and you're like, hey, what do you do? And they're like, I work for AdSkristramanab. Yeah. And you're yeah. like, oh, God, here's my next 10 minutes. <laughs> Uh, Okay, so an exchange. Can I go to an exchange and be like, hey, I got 4 million people for you? Well, (laughs) kind of. I'm really enjoying this. This It's like my favorite conversation. (laughs) Because I'm finally figuring someone has to explain this to me. And because he's on our podcast, he's not allowed to just run out of the room. This is great. I
2: I love explaining. I mean, honestly, the funny thing about our job is like you'd think I'd be scared to explain it to people because um, they'd be like, oh, now I get it. I'm going to do it myself. It's more the opposite where it's like, oh. "Oh, (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you could keep doing that. <laughs> I don't I don't want to <laughs> Is mean, that I mean,
1: uh, boiling down hashtag labs, yeah. Is that I mean, people are coming to you and saying, Look, I need to get into this
2: game. Help me. Is that what you guys do or do you focus on some part of the pipeline? No, I mean, mostly what happens is publishers have an incredible pain point in their ad operations department and, you know, people, and they say, like, how do we figure this out? Like, I think we need to make more money or just things are getting messed up. And then people say, you know, call hashtag labs. Got it. They know how to work with advertising technology on behalf of publishers. Got it. All
0: right, down here, underneath the exchanges and with arrows pointing all different... Well, before we move on, just quickly before we move on. Yes.
2: Because like, you, so exchanges is sort of where the transaction takes... Takes place, and just to take a really far step back quickly, you know, publishers on one end, marketers on the other end. I would say, you know, marketers are demand, and publishers are supply. To like even simplify it further, okay. And so, you know, the DSPs are on the demand side. The exchanges are sort of the clearinghouse where everything takes place. The biggest ones are going to be Google and AppNexus, and then on the other side on the supply side of this exchange you're going to have something called a SSP or supply side platform and that's sort of how the inventory gets rigged up into the exchanges
0: meaning that would be like what would that be like i'm looking at the ad networks here and yeah. it's like AOL and ValueClick and
2: that's going to be the ugliest part of this to unpack honestly just because okay. there's so much reselling like there's really only like you know probably 8 to 12 original Demand sources out there for independent publishers But then that's when you're going to have like all those people in your advertisers at abc.com company They're like, oh, we have a relationship with Google. We have a relationship with OpenX So we're just going to package that up resell it and keep 10% whereas the publisher should just get that directly
0: Whoo Everybody's
2: got their hand in the pot <laughs> A lot of you work
1: with Hashtag Labs is pretty... Yeah,
0: pretty no, they're really the best. Yeah, very, efficient. Very, <laughs> very efficient, very on, Very on target with their marketing <laughs> message as well. We,
1: we don't have a lot of time left. Can we right. jump to the user side for a second? Yeah. Of, course, of course, of course,
2: the most important
1: thing.
0: Okay. I,
1: I have to admit, I do use a, a blocker. I, we were testing a, something we were launching a few weeks ago, actually a partnership with Bloomberg. and very nice. And I wanted to test the tool. And I could not believe where things had gone. It's like sort of like I'd been away for, you ever like have a friend who's got a three-year-old and then you don't see them for a while and they're now five, but they look completely different. Sure. I've been using an ad blocker for a while and I came back to the web. It literally felt like coming back to the web and it was a disaster. There's just no other, uh, and I'm not visiting TMZ and the like. I'm just, Un- relatively normal user who's hopping around the web. And it was a train wreck. My browser was coming to a crawl. The ads, I wouldn't even call them ads. They were like people swinging from windows over the text that I was trying to read. It was just madness. And yeah. audio would start playing. It was just utterly chaos. And then there's this particular breed of, ad- I guess you call them ads. They're like at the bottom of the article. It's like ten shitty, 10 shitty headlines. Oh, yeah. Like- you know, that's a recommended What does Pierce Brosnan yeah. look yeah. like today? Oh, that's and like ZergNet and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. Outbrain, Tabula, Tabula, and, figures, outbrain yeah, and all, sure. which is, which is again, piling it on. And, and, and you have to wonder,
2: is this it? Is this where we're going to end up? I think, and I think you're going to see a major pullback. Again, I think mm-hmm. advertisers want more premium experiences. I think readers
0: want more premium experiences. Well, and also, I mean, to be clear, the money's not that great, right? No, I mean, it's if I t- put those taboola links, like I'm not going, my kid doesn't get to go to a better school cause I use taboola. Like I get a little <laughs> more money. Depends how many page views you have. Right. Honestly, right. But, <laughs> but if I have like the regular, let's say I'm doing real good. I have like 30, 40 million page views. That's a lot. It's a lot of page views. That's right? a lot. Yeah. What do I get out of like a taboola?
2: That's a great question. I mean, you know, you could definitely be talking mid to high five figures. Wow. per
0: year, per month, per month, per month,
2: your All kid's right. going to school, Paul. Yeah. Right, so but but, but that... the key to independent publishing, and I try and say this a lot, isn't always about the revenue. The key to independent publishing is how much money are you spending to get those 30 to 40 million page views? If you're spending $10,000 a month, you're going to live a great life. If you're spending $150,000 a month, it's going to be a little bit tough. It's going to be a grind. Sure. Yeah. Okay. For
1: those 30 million,
2: 40 exactly. million views. Yeah. Isn't Taboola? I
1: mean, the, the work involved is nothing, right? It's like, hey, sign up. Cut Drop and this in. Yep. Okay. So it's really about your budget. Do you, how much are you spending? How much are you getting back out of this, right? Well,
0: and what kind of what are your long term goals there? And what kind of quality right. are you going to create right. that people, you know, if you if you're covered with Taboola ads, I'm going to be less likely to come to yeah. you and say. I want yeah. to promote my brand new thing. I
1: think, by the way, I think the blockers leave those alone for some strange reason because I think they're just not, they're just close enough to looking like next link, next article or whatever. They look like content. That's the whole point of them, yeah. I suppose. So back to sort of where this all goes, right? There's this. this is a slippery slope, right? I mean, more and more, I mean, they just have
2: to keep going because, well, I hope we're at the bottom, frankly, in terms yeah. of quality experience. Like, I think yeah.
0: hopefully we go up from here. Because, oh, yeah. No, yeah. things yeah. only get better in America. So, <laughs> is,
1: is content
2: marketing the Which answer? Which is what we're what doing right now, by the yeah, way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Note, well, disclaimer. I would say, like, are you calling taboo and outbrain content marketing? No, I call them oh, garbage. Got it, got yeah, it. Okay, sorry.
1: So, I, I don't know. You know where I see content marketing? I don't even know where to put it. Is It's sort of like, the article that gave me really good advice about dermatitis,
2: <laughs> but clearly it's content marketing, but it was good advice. Well, th- but that's another layer of actor, like right? Like the the three people in this room, like honestly, I, I think we're all in the business because we love the internet. We love great content. We love independent publishing. We want to see it Sure, thrive. And
0: we've, we've all had a point where we're like, money will make this move forward. And so when you can get money into the system, For sure. more creative, interesting yeah. things can happen.
2: But the websites that you're talking about yeah. that sort of like have you know, just tabula all over the place, 10 ads on the side. Like you can tell them these are a certain class of publishing organization, which is called an arbitrager. And so what these guys are doing, these guys are playing a very mathematical game where it's like, can we buy clicks to our website for less money than we earn from the advertising we have around it? Are those program?
0: the articles where you're like, you know, 37 celebrities who gave up. Of the gallery, and then you go and there's yeah. a gallery but yeah. you have to do a full page refresh for every yeah. image
2: exactly as and yeah. as with all things, there are varying degrees obviously some are going to be more egregious than others um, but that is certainly a class of publishing game to they don't play. care like they're not thinking about brand equity and no the they're thinking respect. about how much does it cost to get a click to yeah. my website and how much what's the RPM yeah. for that I'm also click.
0: assuming looking at them a lot of the content isn't written by native English speakers. Like, they have figured out how to... Yeah, sure. It's a sweatshop. Like, maybe it's made in the same way that a lot of... Like, there's a lot of work around sites in in the Philippines and India. Like, it feels like you can just... Look for downward pricing yeah, yeah, yeah. in yeah. every aspect of production.
2: Well, yeah, I mean now we're sort of veering into the whole fake news thing, you right? Know, where, where people were just, you know, the stories like about the people in Eastern Europe where yeah, they were just publishing ma- fake news to like get clicks. Like a flex. Macedonian
0: fake news town, and yeah. everyone was making ten times a teacher's salary. Yeah,
2: yeah. And again, I think. The platforms are very interested in the long term in cleaning this up, right? Mm-hmm. Because this is bad for Google long term, exactly. Right? Yeah. And that's and that was like the thing. Like you, Google never been had seen it be bad for them, but now it was bad for them because not only are they because well they're paying those people out, but not only are they paying those people out now, the platforms are driving traffic to that, and so it's like right. they are the perpetuators. E-
0: they're talented, ethical employees are yeah. starting to like shuffle around the office. Yeah. So. Well, it takes a minute. I mean that's. We want instant reaction for people to be able to fully internalize and understand everything that just happened. But it'll actually take a couple years for what happened during the 2016 campaign to be metabolized and understood by the tech giants. Like they they can't move that
1: fast. No, they can't. They can like, you know,
0: oh, we put our fake news council on top of this.
1: I, I think they've come to digest what happened and that they need to deal But But turning that into
0: product, turning that into something, yeah, yeah, it's going to take time. Turning like ethics and long-term business strategy into product is is a multi-year process.
2: Well, I I mean, I think what you'll happen, what you'll see, is sort of like proxies for these things sort of emerge. Like one, this isn't a great example in this specific case, but like one thing that was happening was everyone would load up their page with thirty ad units, right? And so when you loaded a page, you'd have an ad unit that loaded it all the way at the bottom, and no one ever saw it, and yet the advertisers still paying for that. Mm -hmm. And so what has sort of emerged in the industry which for ad operations people is an, is another wrinkle in the system and it's tough to to manage you know delivering against but i think in the over the long term health of the industry it's a great thing is this new metric called viewability so now people are only paying for ads once they come into view and so that makes sense right like that's sort of a proxy, a performance metric that can can be measured. So there's a
0: chance that a human being actually sees it. Exactly. It has to
2: be on the screen. Well, street. sort of
0: like when it was on TV, you could still go and get a sandwich. Of course. Like, yeah. You know, they couldn't like, tie you to the chair and make yeah. you watch. But right. at least it was on the television. Exactly. That, okay.
1: Um, we're almost out of time. I'm just going to say
2: the word and let you talk, John. All right. I'm ready. Facebook. Ooh. All right. Um, New player, new player, obviously major traffic source. Um, You know, they have some decent ad products. All their ad products only pay on viewability. So they're, you know, ahead of the curve in that sense. Hmm. You know, I think it's wait and see how are they're they're getting involved. They're bringing their ads to the open web. You know, they obviously only used to play in their closed ecosystem.
1: Wait a minute. Facebook pushes ads to the open web.
2: Yep. Yep. No kidding. And
1: where are they as a player right now in the open web? So their sort of AdSense
2: is called Audience Network.
0: Oh, interesting. Because they, they know they have an unbelievable amount of inventory. But exactly. So now it's leaking
2: more. out of the apps. Yeah.
0: Because people are willing to buy so web. much stuff from Facebook. So yeah. why not? Wow. Exactly.
2: Yeah, they have so much demand. And so it's and also they have incredible data,
0: right? Oh, man, and, this is it has got to keep Google up at night. This is like their worst nightmare. Definitely, definitely. Yeah.
2: But I mean, you know, Google has an incredible sort of trench around DFP and that stuff. Like DFP... It's going to be impossible to unsee. You know, you say that, but Facebook's smart. Definitely, definitely. Oh, so
0: that's good. So there is a true, terrible battle of the giants that Uh, doesn't have any particular interest in the health or success (laughs) of the publishers. (laughs) (laughs) Or anyone, really.
2: (laughs) Well, I think you'll see the battle play out, too. Like, this sort of leads into, like, instant articles and AMP and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: here's the final question, which is, let's say I have a great idea, something I love. I'm able to build an audience. I'm I'm creating an independent media property about, I don't know, you know, sneakers, athletics, watches, whatever. And I feel like I'm ready to take it in the next step. I want to spend some money, hire a couple writers, see if I can grow it. Is it possible? Is it possible to do that anymore?
2: Tough question. I would definitely say, first of all, do it for the love of the game. Um, (laughs) that's not the answer we're looking (laughs) for John second of all um, (laughs) you know like I think you can build an independent publishing company today I think you know you have to Getting traffic is, honestly, that's something I don't know how to do, is like really get a lot of traffic for a website. Again, if you have a lot of traffic, if you have 4 million Facebook fans and you can drive 20 million page views a month to your website and you can do it for $15,000, you can have a great business on your hands. You can live really comfortably. You can live wherever you want, and it's awesome. You know, if you raise a bunch of money and you hire directs, direct deals can be had. They are hard to get. The advertisers, deservedly so, require a lot of reporting and, you know, you have to have a certain technical skill set to deliver on these things. It's there, but you got to really want it and you really got to really grind through it. And it's not glamorous.
0: What's the level of traffic where you start to take me seriously?
2: Well, you know, if you have direct deals, I always take anyone serious. And sure. again, I take everyone seriously to be like fair. If I'm but like
0: quantum physics weekly and yeah. I have the Quantum physics, computing Society's ads yeah. on my website. Like, I might have 200 readers, but they could all be worth some serious money.
2: Yeah, but unfortunately, still at this point in the game, like, like just pure volume is what's going to drive your your revenue. Right, like, where
0: does pure volume start?
2: I mean, maybe you know, three to five million page
0: views. Okay, three to five million. So, like, somewhere north of half a million uniques. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so I got a pretty big audience at that point. Like, what used to be a very large audience is now the starting point.
2: Yeah, and again, you know... Listen,
0: life has bad news in it. This is good to know.
2: Yeah. Do it for the game, Paul. For the love of the game. (laughs) 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 Exactly.
0: All right, so if I'm a publisher with some volume and I need to up my game, you're the guy I call.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. If you want to understand advertising technology, if you don't want to deal with advertising technology, if, you know, you just... Honestly, the best way to describe it is a trusted and capable ad operations partner.
0: How expensive is it to work with
2: you? It's not that expensive. I think, frankly, I, you know, I don't want to pitch it too hard, but I think it's the best deal in town. You know, I think um, the expertise that we come with, and sort of the customer service that we come with, you know, it's the customer service. You feel like you have a full time employee. It's the technical expertise. Our CTO, you know, really. I I think you'd be challenged to find a more talented engineer who spent more time with this stuff digging through it so like that experience oozes throughout the organization. So you get, you know, CTO level technical experience, world-class customer service all for, you know, low four figures per month.
0: Oh, okay, that's actually I was going to, to, low, to I was try to squeeze that out of you, but right. you got it there. Okay. Yeah, I'll, okay.
2: I'll, we're transparent. Transparency is uh, important to us.
0: Okay. So, a mid-priced firm that can help Do you, you. Want to share
2: a coupon code, John?
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: just uh, John at hashtag labs.com. <laughs> hashtag hyphen labs. Sorry. Okay, so that's how. Okay, any, that a joke.
0: If anybody needs you, John at hashtag dashlabs.com. Yes, sir. Website yes. is hashtag dash labs.com
2: Correct. And yeah, there's a huge library there if you just want to read about this stuff. You know, we wrote a lot of it out. So. Okay.
0: Very that. cool. All right, so anybody who needs to understand the world of online advertising, <laughs> this is your man.
2: Yeah. Also, I just want, thank you so much for having me, guys. It's uh, you know means a lot to me. So thank you. Oh, no, of course. this is great. Yeah. This, this was is interesting. Great. Thank you, John. Thanks for having me. Take care.
0: I am genuinely more informed than I was.
1: Well, I feel like somebody. I I, I don't. A human feel being
0: like, just told me what the hell is happening out there. Well,
1: I don't. I don't feel like I got off the Q train. It's like, did that person just touch me or not?
0: My my overall feeling of the online advertising space is like a large group of ravens shrieking in my face. Right. right? Like that's and
1: understanding what's happening. Yeah. Is, is very helpful. Well,
0: it's just a, a little ad is sitting there, and then it, it really goes through... Yeah, there's through. a world behind it. It goes through hell before it yep. can get to your screen. Yep. And, even that, and then everyone's like, go home, I don't want you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it worked so hard to get there.
0: All right. All right. So online advertising, a key and critical part of our enormous global trillion dollar economy of internet things, now fully explained by track changes exposed every aspect of it you'll ever need to know you now understand and if there's anything else you need just call john (laughs) my name is paul ford i'm the co-founder of Postlight and the co-host of track changes
1: and i'm rich siati the other co
0: co and if you need us hello at postlight.com that's all it takes and that's it if you need anything let us know give us a good rating on itunes we're gonna get back to work have a great week bye